The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not say a word in answer to her. Jesus' disciples came and asked him, Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did Jesus homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, It is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. What a provocative line. And when you think of this gospel in its entirety, we might want to side more with the woman to say, Jesus, just help her. You know, you're, you're supposed to be God and a nice guy. Like, why are you saying what you're saying? And so it's important to have some context, right? The Canaanite people as a whole were pagans. They were outside of the, the people of Israel. They, they believed in completely different things. They, they were not always the greatest of people. And Jesus' response, right, is this reminder that what was his initial purpose, his mission, was to come and seek the lost sheep of the house of Israel, to bring them back into relationship. We ultimately know that his bigger mission in the end was... Uh, for the salvation of all, that his death was not only for a small group, but for everyone that's ever existed. And so this response that she has, even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters, is one of great intrigue. I was visiting my mom on Thursday, and, and I brought some food, and we were having lunch, and she's got this massive black labradoodle. Um... Black Lab, and his name's Bo. He's probably like 90 pounds. I don't think he knows he's 90 pounds because like when he gets excited, he just jumps around. I mean, he, he knocks me over, right? He's a big dog. And so we're sitting there at the table, and of course, he's begging for the scraps. He's begging for the food. And my thinking was actually to this gospel. And I was thinking, I am not going to give him the scraps out of my hand at the table. That would be a bad, bad um, gesture. So what I did was I took the food, I went and I put it in his bowl, and then he ate it. And maybe it can make us think of this idea. It's not so much about getting the scraps that fall from the table of the master. What if God deliberately put something in front of us? What if God purposely placed something in front of us that we would deem as the scraps? What if he deliberately put something in front of us for us to feast upon. Well, that idea actually is true. Jesus gives us himself in the Eucharist. This is 
a belief. This is one of our most intrinsic realities. Now, we celebrate this weekend the Feast of St. Bernard, and St. Bernard, being an abbot and a doctor of the church, had a lot to say about the Lord. He, he had so many different sermons that have been um, collected and, and put together, but he also wrote um, an, a, a book, uh, a treaty, whatever we want to call it. He wrote uh, a letter, uh, something that basically said, On Loving God what it means to love God, like how to love God. And so this is an excerpt from that writing. St. Bernard says, God certainly deserves a lot from us since he gave himself to us when we deserved it least. Besides, what could he have given us better than himself? Hence, when seeking why God should be loved, if one asks what right he has to be loved, the answer is that the main reason for loving him is he loved us first. It's so beautiful to think about, yeah, on loving God, why should I give love to God? Why should I give honor? Why should I give worship? Because he loved us first. And he loved us when we deserved it the least. All of us at some time were an outsider. And that's another kind of theme that they try to draw out of the gospel this weekend, the insiders and the outsiders. But there's really no more outsiders in the sense of salvation. Because if Jesus came for the salvation of all, then all have the opportunity to receive salvation from him. So instead we see how can we best love God? And we can best love God by just giving him ourselves in time and in worship. This weekend is also really significant because it was a year ago on this weekend where Bishop Rhodes installed me as the pastor of St. Bernard's, where we celebrated the 100-year anniversary of our school. We had a massive party outside. We had an even better party inside because we had the Mass. And I just want to reread to you the oath of fidelity that is tasked to all priests who become pastors. This is essentially what we exercise in the name of the church on assuming our role. And so I think it's an important thing for you to rehear what I've promised and committed to you in the church. And so this is what the oath of fidelity says. I, Reverend Jay Horning, in assuming the office of pastor, promise that in my words and in my actions, I shall always preserve communion with the Catholic Church. With great care and fidelity, I shall carry out the duties incumbent on me toward the Church, both universal and particular, in which, according to the provisions of the law, I have been called to exercise my service. In fulfilling the charge entrusted to me in the name of the Church, I shall hold fast the deposit of faith in its entirety, I shall faithfully hand it on and explain it, and I shall avoid any teachings contrary to it. You might be thinking, what is this deposit of faith? It's the revealed truth from scriptures and sacred tradition. So there, I've handed it on to you. I shall follow and foster the common discipline of the entire church, and I shall maintain the observance of all ecclesiastical laws, especially those contained in the Code of Canon Law 
Fun fact, the church has laws. There you go. With Christian obedience, I shall follow what the bishops as authentic doctors and teachers of the faith declare, or what they as those who govern the church establish. I shall also faithfully assist the diocesan bishops so that the apostolic activity exercised in the name and by mandate of the church may be carried out in communion with the church. So help me God and God's holy gospels on which I place my hands. And this was the gospel I used, the gospel that was given to me as a deacon when I was ordained and made my oath and promise to bishop then. We also, as a community, as a congregation, made the profession of faith, which is really just our creed, and we'll do that in a minute anyway. But this is what I've promised, and this is what you should expect from me. So on top of celebrating the 20th Sunday of Ordinary Time, celebrating St. Bernard's Feast Day, acknowledging that um, we are the lost sheep and the Lord actually wants to not just give us the scraps but the best, we have more thing to consider, which is the fact that we start today our 40-hour Eucharistic devotion. And when we hear about St. Bernard writing on loving God and how we can love him because he loved us first, what's the best way to love God? To give him ourselves in devotion, in particularly through the Mass and adoration. These next 40-plus hours of Eucharistic devotion, the time that each individual has committed to, has promised to, has said, I will give this because you are deserving of it, Lord. That's the best and most important thing that we can do with our time in this moment. It's the best and most important thing we can do with our time because God loved you and I first. Because he's not just giving us the scraps anymore. He's actually laying before us the greatest feast ever, him in the Eucharist. And when we come and adore, when we come and make commitment to the particular hours that we've said yes to, we give others the ability to come and adore. So I'm pretty sure I have 11 p.m. tonight and 1 a.m. Tuesday morning. So I'll see you there with me, right? And if you're not there, that's okay. But we're there so that others can come and adore. And here's the reality. It's not meant to be something um, that bashes others, but really, I think, elevates us as a church. Nowhere else does anyone do what we do in the sense of mass and adoration. We are different, and that's good. I actually want to be different. I want to be a little weird for Jesus. And if that means that I come and I give him an hour of my time in the middle of the night to what others in the world would perceive to be a piece of bread who I know to be the body and blood, soul and divinity of my king, my king then I'm going to do that. Because it's the best way to love God by giving him myself. Sitting in the presence of God is the best thing I can do with my time right now. And even if you're not sure what to do, just show up. 
Sometimes just showing up is, is the majority of the battle. Just come in, sit down and sit there, realizing that we get to gaze upon the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and He gets to look right back at us. We don't have to just give Him our scraps anymore. We don't have to just give Him the extra time. We actually want to give Him the best time, the most devoted time. And so here's my encouragement. If anyone has ever missed a Mass in their life, come and make a holy hour. If anyone has ever committed a type of sin, come and make a holy hour. If anyone has doubted their faith, come and make a holy hour. If anyone has questioned anything in the church, come and make a holy hour. Because it's in that time you can have those discussions with the Lord where you're intentionally in a place of prayer, where you're intentionally before him, can speak to him. And if you're like me, in my very, 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 very first holy hour ever, you might vocally speak to him. That's what happened in my very first holy hour. I didn't know what I was doing, so I just started talking out loud. It was at the Sisters of Perpetual Adoration in Mishawaka. Well, they have a, a choir loft, and they're up there in the middle of the night doing their, their holy hour. I learned later that they thought there was a crazy person in their chapel. <laughs> Me. Oops. But maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe that's what we all need to do, is just to have an open and honest conversation with him. Because we can't make up for what we've lost, but we can still come in an effort that we be changed. This woman in the gospel is so bold and is so persistent. And she'll take whatever she can get. But God doesn't want to just give us the scraps anymore. He wants to give us the finest, the best, the greatest. And for us, that means we give it back to him. There's no longer a difference between insiders and outsiders. All can come and adore. All can come and be in relationship. All can come and encounter him. I'm so thankful for this past year and what has occurred. I'm so excited for the future and what can potentially occur. But I ask us in these next 40 hours to be specifically intentional, to be deliberate, to come and adore, to give him the best because there's nothing else like this in the world. It is such a gift for us to be able to come and just rest in his grace and in his presence. So thank you in advance. If you haven't signed up for one of those slots, don't worry. You can come anytime you want to. But thank you for saying yes to him and saying yes to your faith.